I'm Lindsay Freeburn. I'm the paediatric coordinator for NYSTAR. Um, so that's Northern Ireland Specialist Transfer and Retrieval Team. And it's neonates, adults and peds, a total team. All right, so it's what we want. And to be honest, we want everything. We want everything done before we arrive so we can go in and pick them up and take them away and go as quick as possible. Um, so I thought ideally we should start with a referral. So um, we're looking at, we want the person coming to the phone that actually really knows the patient. We don't want somebody that has just come on for the evening shift and they're not really doing anything, so they can go make the phone call. Um, it's the person that knows the patient and give, give us all the details and be thorough and concise and sell the patient the best so that we'll say yes, we will accept it and we'll come and get it. Um, so what we need is patient demographics, name, date of birth, um, current location of the patient and we always like we wait for a wee drug dose calculator or for giving you any help with actually doing drug dosing. Um, we want the relevant clinical history um, and a thorough examination and you know you, you want to know what all's going on and get details and when the person is taking the call they will be going through a sheet in front of them and they'll be going airway breathing and they want as much information as they can so that they can go to the consultant and sell it to the consultants and then they can make the decisions. Also, it helps with them making a management plan. So what you've done to date, what response, and um, sort of what your parameters are at the minute. And you can work with the consultant on the phone and decide what you actually should have your parameters at and see what you need to get and any blood results. Um, if we, we can give advice over the phone, so it can be that we don't actually accept the patient, but we can give advice and you can then phone back if things change and we can reassess and give further advice or we can give advice and say yes we've accepted the call and that the retrieval team is going to come and pick up the patient um, what i would say is please do not delay any urgent treatment or interventions while waiting on the pit when you're waiting on the retrieval team so if we have advised intubate head to the area that you need to head to each hospital, it may be somewhere different. It can be theatre, it can be stay in A&E, it can be moved to an adult ICU. So it's just moved to where that area has decided it, the critical care retrieval needs to be you know, intubated in. So head there and again, update the team if you've moved so that we know exactly where we're going when we're arriving into the hospital. Um, induction agents and that can be discussed with the team and as you say there is a variety of induction agents and each one likes their different drugs so discuss it with a consultant depending on their condition they can give you advice about the best drugs to give. Um, ensure the ET tube is well secured. Carolyn done a good job of teaching you all how to tape them so hopefully they'll be perfect next time. Um, uh, I wouldn't advise to give them a good tug to see if they're in place you know just nice and neat and tidy. Um, do not use pre-cut tubes, you run into issues. If you pre-cut them, if you haven't got it in far enough, you've no more tubes, you may have to re-intubate them. Um, so don't cut them. We may cut them when we arrive to get rid of dead space, but we'll have checked x-rays and that as well. Gastric tube on free drainage for all ventilated patients. Um, just helps with ventilation big style and also means that in the back of the ambulance, you're not going to have anybody being sick. And we really don't appreciate that. Um, and I would say put the gastric tube in before you get your x-ray because it just helps that you know you can see it's in place and that way you're doing your ET tube and your gastric tube at the same time you don't need a second one and just remember about any um, cervical spinal mobilization for any trauma cases so just think about that before you 
start moving the neck about to put a tube in. Breathing wise, um, ensure adequate ventilation. Again, that can be in theatres on an anaesthetic machine. Again, dead space on those is massive. So do speak to the um, transport team or the PICU consultant if you're having issues with ventilation. Um, can be on a transport ventilator in an A&E and most DGHs will have some more, more mode to ventilate the kids as they go. Um, Entitled CO2 throughout, always keeps an eye that your tube is in place and it gets it makes means that you're able to keep an eye on how your CO2 is and that way you can actually see if you're doing a good job with your oxygenation and um, your CO2 is low. Um, and blood gases. Again, blood gases, you can do capillary blood gases and we can work with them. Um, you don't have to put in an art line, that can be further down the line or not at all. Um, ventilate and troubleshoot. So we've already done dopes. So day display tube, check the end tile, you know, exact length of the tube, you know, make sure you can have a look at the tube. Some people tape the whole way up the tube and you can't see the numbers. So it's always worth not taping the whole way up so you can keep an eye on the numbers and know if it's actually moved in or out. Again, it can be in too far or it can actually be out. Obstruction, take off, you know, bag, use your suction. Um, make sure that your suction tube passes to the end of the tube. You know, you're going to check how far you've suctioned in. Make sure that you have got down. If you're having any issues, you know, you can do a saline suction, see if you can displace anything. Or at the end of it all, you may need to change the tube. Pneumothorax. Um, so you're thinking about chest x-ray, bedside, ultrasound, and they have all done that earlier on, so we're not going to go down that route. Equipment, check your ventilation settings. So again, this is all to do with you know, your dead space and making sure that you've got the paediatric tubing on or the neonatal tubing on. You know, every ventilator has lots of different tubes and anaesthetic machines have lots of dead space in them. So if you're coming into any difficulties, again, I would say phone the consultant and, or the transport team and have a chat and see if they can help you or assist with that. Also large leaks, you know, if you haven't inflated your cuff properly or if you haven't put a cuff tube in, you may have issues with your ventilation that way. Stomach, ensure that it's decompressed with a gastric tube. Circulation wise, we would ideally like two well secured lines. I know that might be difficult um, normally we have regular repeat offenders, so they have been well stabbed and well um, poked. So um, try your best. If you're having any issues with a shock patient, um, just move on to IO. And then once you've got fluid on board, you can go back and try for another peripheral of that. Central line, we would say if you're thinking that you're heading towards inotropes so that if your DGH is happy to do them, you know, bigger patients will be happier. Um, you can move on ahead and put in a central line. Arterial line would be pretty similar to central line. If you're needing inotropes, it's always handy to have one in. Um, other than that, remember just to keep doing regular cuff BBs. And you can set that to cycling so that it just continuously goes and it just will flash up if it's going low. If the child is shocked, um, please keep going with ongoing resus. Or if things change, do phone us and get advice if you need any further you know, input. And if you need any help with the inotropes, that all of the transport guys are great at guys and girls. <coughs> Sorry, Julie. So they're all great. You know, they've got their capes on, so they're great at giving advice, inotrope advice, push dose. They will give you that all over the phone and make things as easy as possible. And just remember, you can run your peripheral adrenaline, but again, it's a different dose. So do check. 
Um, I've said phone PSU if you're having any issues. Shock neonates, consider, consider your cardiac conditions. So do femoral pulses and um, go with your four <coughs> limb BPs and just, you know, always think ahead of that. Uh, so ensure that you've got adequate sedation muscle relaxant. We will give advice. Normally it's morphine and midazolam in lovely 50 mils ranges. And all of these are on the drug dose calculators that lots of teams have. So no matter if you're Belfast, you know, if you're Northern Ireland or outside it, most teams have a drug dose calculator and it will tell you exactly what to put in the syringe and what your ranges are to run it at. But again, any issues, if you can't find it, I know it is a stressful place, do give a phone and we will give advice over the phone and hopefully it will help. Pupils keep checking regularly and again, that's for any child and it's a good, good way of checking if your actual sedation is working, working well. Again, if we put the C-spine, so just make sure that you've mobilised your C-spine here. And monitor your glucose, especially in the wee neonates. Patient temperature-wise, we aim for normothermia, unless cooling is indicated. And again, I've wrote there about neonates. You know, ideally, we should, they should be in an incubator with a temperature probe on to keep them within a normal range. And consider your antibiotic cover. Fluids-wise, so again, on transport, we like everything in 50 mils ranges so that we can put them straight into our syringe drivers and get out of there as quickly as possible. So draw up maintenance fluids. Normal in five is normally quite appropriate, but you can go by your gases and normal in 10 in the neonates. Um, make sure syringes are well labeled and signed. It's just whenever they get to PICU, they'll love to double check them. So make sure they're well signed so that we know exactly what's in them. And for like sedation and that, it's well signed so that we know what we're bolusing when we're bolusing it. Um, I say consider urinary catheter. Um, do consider it because nobody likes a wet ambulance. Or do put a, you know, a nappy or a pad on them just to make it as easy as possible. Documentation. So be prepared to hand over when we arrive. Don't disappear. Make sure that somebody's there and one person hands over. Um, update the family throughout um, and make sure that they know where they're going and you know that they're happy about what all's going on because you know it's very confusing for them what's why does their child have to leave you know you're doing it you're doing a good job but just explaining to them exactly why where they're going and um, there may be a chance for them to travel in the ambulance but again that depends on the child's condition whether or not we've got people like training with us and what ambulance we're actually using because if we use a front line we're down a seat so it's just that you say that there may be a chance that they can travel and um, there's lots of things online and um, parent information leaflets on my star web page and other teams no matter where you are will have parent information leaflets and it just gives the parents an idea of exactly how things go and it gives them a chance to give feedback transfer letter with all the history on it um, photocopy notes, recent blood investigations, we can get the x-rays and all that, we can normally have seen them before we even set out. Um, fluid and drug charts, ideally I would say send the original with the transfer team. You photocopy way in advance and then you give a load of drugs in between and they, they can be missed, put on to help the photocopy. So I would say, you know, do send the original, leave the photocopy back at home. Um, highlight any social or safeguarding issues and it's always good to get that right at the start before we offer a seat in the back of the ambulance as well. Um, nobody really wants an irate person in the back of the ambulance. 
Um, and for babies under one month, um, consider a maternal sample for group for cross match, just in case they're surgical or the septic needs a blood transfusion. When the team arrives, we should introduce ourselves. Quite a lot of people now know all the consultants and the nurses, so they won't introduce themselves. But if the family's about, make sure that we introduce ourselves and say hello. And um, we'll normally go and wash our hands somewhere for the neonatal unit ones. We'll go and find a sink and make a point of it right in front of them. Wash hands, put the gel on, get her apron on. And um, we're very good at that. So we'll get a thorough handover. Again, we would say that we want one person handing over. We don't want one person handing over here to one person, one person handing over there to another one. We want just one person handing over and a thorough, you know, ABC, get through it all. We then will assess the patient make our plan of what we're going to do. It may be nothing because you have done everything and we're ready to go. It may be that we need to stay and play a bit and um, maybe put lines in, start other infusions. Um, but again, depends on the child. Um, we'll review the documentation, make sure that we've got everything and then we'll prepare the patient for transfer. So we'll attach up our monitoring, check the ET tube, check our x-ray, make sure that it's in a good position. We'll check our IV lines, make sure that they all work, um, make sure that they're well secured, but we would have all the, you know, the tubey grip and the dressings off the top of them. The, the kids are not gonna actually move too far. So if you take that all off, so you can see throughout that everything is going in. Um, so all lines are working. We will check all infusions and we will double check exactly what doses are in them so that we, like again, like I said earlier, that we will know exactly what we're bolusing if we're bolusing in the back of the ambulance. Um, and we'll swap them onto the transport pumps. We'll put the patient onto whatever ventilator we've decided. And we may wait 15, 20 minutes, but depending on where we're starting, we may do that right at the start. So by this point, we're ready to get wee blood gas. We will transfer onto the trolley, secure in a five point harness and make sure all equipment is secured on the trolley. And all the trolleys are very good. Mark will show you later on the critical care trolleys and ours is pretty much set up like that. So everything is attachable below the trolley. We will update the parents and we will discuss travel arrangements, whether or not they can come with us. Um, and again, hopefully they can. I just want to say all the DGHs in Northern Ireland are doing a fabulous job and you make, do make life easier for us and we do appreciate everything that you do um, and so keep doing it. Any questions? <laughs>